Mmm. 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 Bourbon. Mmm. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there's that. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm Perry, and your host, and... Carson Swan are back. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I think I really, A, caught Swan really off guard with that one, and B, I'm not, I, you know what? I don't really know what Curtis was doing there. Was that the pregnant pause? Is that what we're... Okay. I don't think it was really anything. You seem actually. very tired today. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. That's okay. So, welcome back to the show, everybody. Of course. We're so happy to have weekend, you here. man. It was so long. Long weekend? Yeah. yeah. Just like <laughs> terrible. Anyways. A uh, couple of things up top, of course. First and foremost, tickets are still on sale for the very first live edition of This Is My Bourbon podcast. That is going to be April 6th in Louisville at the Silver Dollar. And that is going to be featuring Women of Bourbon. And uh, Peggy No Stevens is going to be on that panel along with Sarah from It's Bourbon Night and Andrea Wilson from Michter's. Tickets are only $5 a piece. There are less than 20 left right now. So you can find the ticket link in the description below. That's that. Uh, I was on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I kind of alluded to it when Chad and Sarah were on Harry Potter and the Half Drunk podcast uh, where we talked about Harry Potter things. So if you are a nerd, much like I am, and would like to go listen to me ramble about nerd things, go do that. Uh, the link to that will also be below. Uh, let's see, what else? I think that's about it as far as like my announcements up top. You guys got anything? No? Nah, not really. <laughs> I'm just here to drink, man. Um, Swan's f- feeling very low-key today. Yeah, I'm just chill, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a gross kind of rainy Oh, it's so, yeah. Night, it's just, so. Yeah. And then yesterday was like negative eight. Oof. Today's 50, rainy. This is supposed to freeze over. I'm not excited about that by any means. <clears throat> so we are. This is good though. Yeah. So I, so this is uh, that what what Curtis is alluding to is our first pour of the show, which goes to uh, our flying blind segment, where I pour something for the guests who and they do not know what it is, and uh, I've actually not had this before. Really? So, yeah. Okay. I feel like I've had it before, but I guess if yeah. you haven't had it, then I probably haven't had it. It's young. It smells familiar. I'll yeah. say that much. I don't know. It's almost got like a dust bunny-ish funk to it. A little bit. Yeah. 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 I'm not getting as much of it's a It's not funk. as strong, but it, there's something there. It's kind of green, too. And I don't mean green in like a young way, but there's some kind of grassiness to yeah. it as well mm-hmm. on the nose. It, I'm a little like lemongrass. It's certainly not bad on the palate. No, I like it. I don't mind it's that. It's light. Um, it is a little it seems light, like yeah. A little younger. I don't think it's like anything. Like, yeah, and I don't know the age statement on well. this. Yeah, but I mean, it, it doesn't taste. It's light. We'll talk. We'll talk about it when we get to the yeah. reveal, of course. Just light. Yeah, it. To me, it's kind of Buffalo Trace reminiscent. A little I bit. Would, like, I get that. Like just regular or er, er, ancient age, almost. 
Um, like it's in that ballpark of like a, a, a lower proof bourbon, but it still presents some of those, you know, characteristic flavors, but it's not really going out of its way to do anything too exciting or too game changing. Yeah. That being said though, it's certainly pleasant. Yeah. It's got something on ancient age for me. Like, um, Ancient Age for me is like a real one-note kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It's a good note. This has got a little bit of a switch up in it. Not much, but it's you know it's a little more complex than that. It well, is low proof for me, yeah, feeling-wise. But, I mean, that's why I'm kind of going, oh, it's between like Buffalo Trace and Ancient Age in terms of flavor profile. Yeah, I could like it's it, It's not that. really one way or another. It's just kind of there. Um, so... Grab the bottle. So what are we drinking, Perry? You're drinking, as I reach for it, Black Ridge Small Batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Really? You okay. did something evil. I did this. something evil to Swan yesterday with All right, this. Hold up. <laughs> okay. Before we get to this, <laughs> I'm, I'm breaking this down for a second. All right. So give me that bottle. I want to see. I've got this. this really dumb talent, if you want to call it that, of like recognizing <laughs> bottle shapes. Like I pointed out that the uh, New Riff bottle was the same bottle as E.H. Taylor. Uh-huh. And Perry was like, what? No. Well, I never noticed it. And then I compared totally it. Is. And it was like, oh, my gosh. Well, then Perry used it against me, flipped it on me here. <laughs> <laughs> this bottle's the exact same as all the Pappy lineup. It is the exact same Pappy shape. Even has the exact same kind of like foil up at the top, uh-huh. but it's gold, same cap, same everything. Huh. And then he just sent me a picture of the neck of the bottle, like... Guys, guess what I got? And I'm like, that's awesome. That's what I sent them. <laughs> and I was like, Perry, I'll share, I'll share it on the on social media. Like, too. Perry, what is this? What? <laughs> you can't be doing this to me. The yeah. season's over, man. How? <laughs> <laughs> and then no. he sends me this. And not that I'm not excited. I'm just like, <sighs> why? <laughs> why is a very good question. So I saw this uh, yesterday at Liquor Barn. Never had seen this bottle before. Didn't know anything about it. Yeah. $28. Okay. It's not age stated, but it is, uh, it, it does, you know, say Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, so it's at least two years. But it, you know, if it doesn't have the age, then it's over four years. So I'm assuming it's at least a four year old bourbon. Uh, 90 proof. I honestly know nothing about this product. I tried doing a little bit of research on it yesterday, and just kind of came up short. Not finding much? No, not really. Yeah. But, I mean, overall? Pretty satisfied with it. I'm not really upset by it at all. Yeah, for a distillery I've never heard of that's not charging 60 bucks, you know, that's that's pretty good. And it's bottled by the, the Clear Spring Distilling Company in Louisville. So, it's very possible because it, it doesn't... Is it sourced s- somewhere? That's that's what I was about to say. Is because it only says bottled. It's highly possible that it could have been sourced from somewhere, or you know, I mean, it, the the fact that we're kind of getting those Buffalo Trace notes off of it could be Buffalo Trace. It could very well be Buffalo yeah. Trace. So that was flying blind with something that huh, that's fun. I'd never. I I really kind of blinded myself on it too. I mean, not essentially, but you know. Yeah, you didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was going to be like. I had no idea if there was going to be any kind of quality to it. But well, it's in a it's in a pappy bottle. It's got to be good. It's in right? a pappy bottle. Mean, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. 
that was a little bit of the reason why I bought it. I mean, not because <laughs> like I was I was going, oh, it's gonna be so good, it's gonna be the next Pappy, or it's gonna oh, be yeah. on par with Pappy or whatever. I was just like, Oh, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a little bit of me that was going, Oh, this is gonna be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that does it for flying blind. But now I gotta ask you guys so we can get into this week's episode. What you been drinking recently? Hmm. A little bit of everything, Perry. <laughs> More specifically, um, I've finished, or I've been working on a bottle of the 1792 Foolproof. We got a pick from the store that I've been trying to finish up. And then, um, also more Wilderness Trail. I mean, that's like a pretty common theme now in my life. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, to be honest, I haven't been drinking much of anything. I've really slowed down, it's too. Been a, it's been a, like, I think last time was the first, like, I, I've i drank bourbon. Yeah. Really anything. Wow. I yeah. mean, I've had, I've had stuff. I mean, sure, I've had, like, I guess something, but. Yeah, I really ha- I've slowed down quite a bit. Yeah, I I had to too. <laughs> yeah, it was I mean, just one was, of those things. It was like, all right, I was like, even just like a couple of days off here and there. Yeah, well, it wasn't even it was like, like you know I was, you know, it's like I'm not alcoholic level right type it, deal. It's exactly, just like, man, I'm kind of burning out a little bit. So, yeah, and you know, it's funny. This is a conversation for a, another time. Actually, you know what? We have done a getting burned out on bourbon episode before. I just realized that. Yeah. Maybe we'll do another one sometime <laughs> in the future. The 2019, uh, 2019 edition. The Redux. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh-huh. I, you know, it wasn't so much that I was necessarily getting burnt out, but, you know, once I, like, stepped back from it for a couple of days, I was like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going, oh, I just can't wait to have a drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was, it was nice to kind of let my body, like, yeah, just have a relaxed period yeah. kind of deal. That being said, though, I've had so I've had a couple of pretty cool things that All I drank right. recently. Um, so it, you, you're hearing this not the Wednesday after, but two Wednesdays after the Big Blind Bourbon Taste Off at uh, Whiskey Bear, which was at the Summit at Fritz Farm in Lexington, Kentucky, and um, I did not do well. But Chad and Sarah came in third. Well, they tied for second, um, which kudos to them and everything. That was, I mean, that was fun. It was a good experience to kind of test my limits and, you know, see how I actually fared. Didn't fare as well as I thought I did. I got one right out of all four of them, and it was Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Okay. And I was pleasantly surprised by that. Um, the day after, I, my buddy Iverson from OBC, who also competed – and also didn't do well. Um, he came over uh, to to the house first time over in the studio slash bourbon room, and he goes, "I got I got something I'm going to bring you." And I posted about this on social media, but he goes, "I got something important, very good for you." I was like, "Okay, great." So he brings over what was really what I've said is my first turning point bottle, and it was a Four Roses OBSO from BHG or OBC, yeah. and I had not had it. In seriously, like three years, and I was just—I I made him didn't make him, but he gave me a little, like a couple of samples of it too, just so I could kind of have it to hold, having to hold <laughs> yeah. forever. And it—it it, 
was a good moment for me to remember why I started drinking bourbon the way that I do and why the podcast is so important to me and everything. Um, but it was just a nice little rediscovery of a time capsule, I would say. Did it hold up? A hundred percent. That's good. It was better now than it was then. That's good. Which is something that I never thought that I would say, you know, after all this time. But I think being more seasoned now, I was able to enjoy it more. I mean, clearly, you know, I didn't know what I was doing (laughs) at that point. (laughs) But it certainly, it was everything that I remembered it being and, and then some. So, yeah. I've been drinking anything else? Oh, I was on a, a wild turkey pick today for OBC as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, we picked a Russell's and a Kentucky Spirit. And uh, I have a little suicide bottle as well. Fun. So, it smells fantastic. <laughs> it smells amazing. I'll let you guys try it a little bit if you want. But anyway, okay. So, that does it for uh, what we've been drinking. So, our topic for the episode... And I meant to address this with our Flying Blind, but it's small batch bourbons, which I I've, don't think we've ever actually full-on tackled on the show before. But we'll do uh, you know this small batch episode, talk a little bit about you know our feelings towards small batch, what makes them you know important to the bourbon world, and then you know sometime maybe next month or a couple months from now, not sure yet, we'll do a single barrel episode as well. Um, and kind of retouch on some of these points. But we have some drinking to do. Got some small batch bourbon. We got some small batches. Yep. So uh, let's see. <clears throat> One of these things is not like the others. Yeah, it's real different. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it's Clyde Mays Alabama Alabama whiskey. It's Alabama-style whiskey. So I've done Which some, means uh, they put apple peels. Yeah. What? So apparently, this Who does is, that? This is what I heard from one of the reviews that I watched on one of these. Is they put apple peels as a part of their bourbon. They kind of infuse it. It's supposed to give it a real appley taste. Well, I'd hope, hope so. Yeah, I'd really hope so. Uh, <laughs> is we, that what that is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm picking up apple hints ah. of apple peel. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's because we you just shove them in there. <laughs> yeah. There are just apple peels all in that bitch. Just crit. <laughs> Not even going to say that one. Continue, Swan. We just hollow out the entire tree, dump the <laughs> bourbon in there. It's fine, guys. Either way, we, we've actually had this before, and it was just okay. It's Now we're going back to it, because I've tried it last night, along with every other small batch I own. Whew, that went well for Swan. Yeah. yeah. Like That's what you've been drinking recently. <laughs> yeah, you didn't every even single that. small batch, yeah. Uh, and it's opened up well. The apple's apparent. I'll let you guys see that. So. Okay. Okay. Sure. Well, as uh, as Swan is pouring that, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what small batch is. So, small batch bourbons or whiskeys really weren't super established until the uh, the the dawn of Booker's small batch bourbon, which of course is the uh, namesake for Booker No, former master distiller at Buffalo. Wow, at Jim Beam. Way to go, Perry. (laughs) Struggle. I've been drinking whiskey since this morning. Yeah. But I had a long break in the middle, so. It's all right. There there can be excuses there. That's 
Perry poor. You're fine. <laughs> now, Clyde Mays, is there a different label? Yes. That I've seen? Yeah, yes. that's their old bottle. This okay. Their old, old label. One. Gotcha. Because go to... I've seen the new one, and I was like, and I was actually at uh, Total Wine today. And you saw it. And I saw it, and I was like, hmm, that's not what I saw. <laughs> I was like, this, that seems weird. This is okay. an older label that I found. I wouldn't necessarily call it a Dusty. I think they changed their label like two years ago. Yeah. So Something it's nothing like too crazy. Instantly, you get apple pie. Yeah, and so this one is the Canuck Ridge. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it. It's 85 proof. It is really, really dark for what it is. Perry's making a face. It's apple. It's apple. Is there... There's not much... Mm. You're not getting, like... I mean, I'm getting some oak. I'm getting, like... You know what, though? It's more apple juice than it is, like... Or like an apple cider than it is just tasting apple peels. Yeah. Which is really bizarre. And okay, you're getting cider. I'm getting more apple. I'm getting yeah. more like crisp apple. I think what, what the, the reason I'm picking that like up. Like a crisp red apple. Right. Don't think like Granny Smith, you know. <laughs> no green apples in that one. Get that out of here. Yeah, no granny stuff in here, man. But the, but the reason I, I think I'm picking that up is because the mouthfeel for me is really creamy. And, you know, I, I associate... Like apple cider with that thicker mm. mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, that's it. <laughs> yeah, there's not <laughs> a whole lot apple. going on. <laughs> this would get, I mean, like, you know, some people, myself included, from time to time, will put bourbon or whiskey in their apple ciders. This Is that would what you get, get lost. Oh, okay. No, this would get lost. No, this would just make it alcoholic apple cider. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, wouldn't be able, you wouldn't be able to taste the the alcohol at all. I mean, you maybe actually you'd be able to taste the alcohol from the whiskey, but you wouldn't be able to taste the whiskey itself. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it would be like if you, I don't know, if you ate a whole thing of like a whole spoon of sugar, and then you took a bite of chocolate cake. Like you wouldn't taste the like the sugariness of the cake. You would get all the other little flavors that are yeah. in there too. This just would completely, it would just get lost in the, the drink. Yeah, I, I get the impression that like how this stuff ages is super different than bourbon because they have so many different releases and it's like eight, uh-huh. nine year, ten year cast strength. They mm. they really go through different releases for Clyde Mays. And yeah. do they maintain the Alabama whiskey? Yeah, throughout. thing throughout it. That's really strange to me. Now, is all Alabama whiskey like that? I have no idea. I mean, I it mean, could just yeah, be. This, it's not like the Lincoln County process that Perry brought up. Like, it's it's not. This doesn't seem like a super official thing. They could just call it, which uh, whatever they want, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. I just was wondering if you know, strictly to Alabama, do they have this apple crisp thing? Or is it really just more towards like Clyde May? I have no idea. I think Perry might be. I'm just curious on on what that would be. I'm sorry. What With that question? being said, I'm not like offended by it. I th- I. Oh no, not by I any means. I wouldn't say this is like whiskey. I guess you have to, but I don't think I would drink this very often. No, no. I gotta be honest with you. No, it's opened up. It's like better w- apple than what water. It was. Apple water. <laughs> <laughs> It's opened up better than what it was. It is still not something I'd reach for very often. No, I wouldn't either. But it's a small I, batch. If on I it. had one bottle, I would. 
Yeah, one you know, I would enough. drink it till it's done, but I wouldn't ever probably go get back and get it. Well, that was an odd experiment there with that uh, that yeah, whiskey. I would it say. definitely broke up what I was expecting. I was oh, not yeah. expecting to have apples today. I mean, I was ready for. It's like VH what's the nutrition juice? value on this? Um, <laughs> getting my servings of fruit in today. Got it. There's some kind of salad in there as well, yeah. too. Uh, yeah, so so let's chat a little bit more, too, about what, what makes Small Batch Small Batch. So it's really interesting because there's no clear definition set forth by the TTP or the FDA or anybody as to what Small Batch whiskey is. And from what I understand, it's anywhere from two to maybe 15,000 barrels. Okay. Like, so it's a big kind of gap. Right, yeah. So, like, Eddie Russell defines Turkey 101 at 15, 16, 17,000 barrels still as his small batch. Hmm. But, I mean, I think by definition, as long as you're not using just one barrel, which is then a single barrel, you know, if you're using two or three or four, that could still be considered a small batch product. Yeah. So it's like a... So is a single barrel considered a small batch and a small batch considered a single barrel? A single barrel is considered a small batch, yes. It's the smallest of small batches. Yeah. But no, but a, a small, small batch, batch can't, be a, can't be a single barrel. Yeah, yeah, because it consists of... That's a fun little... Yeah. All bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Same I kind of dichotomy. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's good. It feels like just a marketing thing. I, I don't think that it was ever intended to be one when it was first envisioned. Yeah, by Sir Booker Noah himself. But yeah, I think at this point it is kind of a, a marketing thing. But you know, I, I, Monica, who is one of our patrons, and but and then our you get into like you know single, like oh it's single barrel. So it's gonna not be a marketing thing as much. Yeah, you're like oh you're having a specialized yeah thing that's true experience so that's why small batch is a thing yeah but monica who's one of our patrons and, and listeners um wants us to do an episode on whether or not bottled and bond is still relevant in today's bourbon or whiskey market and i think that same kind of argument may apply not necessarily is small batch relevant but is it at this point just a marketing gimmick or a marketing tactic Mm -hmm. it could be like it's hard to tell if like a small batch was somebody that went in found a couple of barrels that they wanted to put together and kind of curated a small batch or if it's buffalo trace decided you know let's empty out warehouse whatever dump it all into one vat and bottle it and call it small batch i don't think they would do that just as an example yeah um who who knows i mean it, it could be just a marketing thing for some and others it could be what really defines what they're making. I don't think it's strictly a marketing ploy. I don't think so either. I think it's like genuinely a thing. Yeah, I I think it's I think it can be misconstrued as something that is well, it's such yeah, a, a marketing broad, ploy. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it is a broad spectrum of, you know, a a, a certain type of product. Yeah. And so maybe there should be like some sort of categorization within the small batch. But then you get into this, like, micro kind of, like, 
Uh-huh. Like magnifying glass of, yeah. okay, so what does this, and then you get so into that, like, then nobody can understand it. Nobody under, like gets it. So I feel like you just lump it all into small batch and figure it out yourself. <laughs> right. But then, then you look at, you know, I, I, companies like Jefferson's. Mm-hmm. They have very small very batch. special. Yeah, very small batch. Yeah. Or Heaven Hill with Larceny, and they call it like extra small batch or mm-hmm. special small batch or and something like that. Maybe that's their way of saying, like, categorizing it. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, this is very small. <laughs> but yeah. at that point, what does that mean? But then it becomes marketing. Yeah. And But everything. I is. mean, sure, it's, you know... It, it may separate you from other people, but, you know, I also think that we're at a point in, in bourbon where people want to know what's in the bottle. They want to know what's in the glass. How old is it? What's the proof? How long, you know, did, did or, uh, whatever, you know, I'm just saying, like, what what is the background on it? Mm-hmm. And I think that when you start to add these qualifiers to it, like, very small batch or extra spe- extra special small batch or something like that. It gets a little bit harder to, you know, give a definition to it. But, you know, it, it's so separate from single barrel. Yeah. Because single barrel is a... A, a one barrel. A one barrel. Yeah. Exactly. I, there sh- I feel like there should be some sort of categorization of, hey, this is single barrel. It's a small batch. And then, like, okay, this is a very small batch... Up yeah. to, you know, 10,000 barrels or something. I don't know. And then, you know, okay, well, this is the... You'd like, as a marketing person, like, you'd want to have cooler names than, like, very small batch, medium batch. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but... And, like, I, I, of course, don't have the, uh, I mean, any kind of power to, like, propose that to the TTV. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that that is something that could potentially be explored in the future, um, you know, as the market grows, yeah, and especially as you know, new distilleries are opening and uh, all all new expressions are are opening up with um, different products and everything. But let's talk about what we have in the glass right now. This is a rear age stated Elijah Craig small batch, and also proof that Swan can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Ninety four proof. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, never mind. I understand what you're saying now. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so a little history on this bottle then, now that you've brought that up. Um, Swan stumbled upon this uh, little liquor store. And you've heard this on the show before. Um, but he uh, found an old-style bottle of Elijah Craig Small Batch. And he goes, well, I checked the back, and there's no age on on the back. Curtis, I want you to read that very first sentence for me there. Let's see. Perfection takes time. And at 12 years old. I honestly thought there'd be like a red 12 somewhere on the back. <laughs> flipped it he over. He wants it like just giant on the front. Like, well, but that's how it used to be. This is 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's really how it used to be. That's how it used to be. Yeah. They used to have a giant 12 on the front. Big red yeah. 12. Red. Yeah. I re- yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Not this one. Just says that. No. But so Swan goes, you know, I... It, it wasn't on there, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop over there, and you know, I'm still probably gonna pick it up, <laughs> even it. if it doesn't have the." Said, "Yeah, I'll take and it." I brought it to the counter, and I was, he was checking me out, and I was like, 
well, I'll just look on the back just in case. And I turn it around and I go, oh, <laughs> there's an age on here. <laughs> it's all right. I still get to drink it. It's fine. You do. You know what, Swan? Come over and I'll, this will be the first thing I pour for you. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. And you're going to be here over here like every other day and I'm going to run out of this very quickly. <laughs> Swan, you got to stop. You can't keep coming over like yes. this. <laughs> the bottle's gone, Swan. <laughs> I need it. There will be something that I say about small batch. It, I I see it as what I'm about to drink is consistent. Uh, exactly, and I've said that for a while too. Yeah. Yeah, and because I know when I get a single barrel, like particularly, I've had E. H. Taylor single barrels that vary so much. Thanks, Chad. Yeah, and you know, I the small batch is always consistent. It may not be as good as some of the single barrels, but it's going to mm-hmm. be, you know, this is what we wanted our product to taste like. Yeah. It's kind of what it says to me. And it's not like that on every single bottle you pick up, but a lot of the big brands, that's definitely the case for it. So, Well, I think that what we don't realize, too, or what maybe the casual bourbon drinker doesn't realize, too, is that even though, you know, some of these brands or some of these expressions don't necessarily put small batch on their label, some of those more standard offerings are still small batch, you know. Buffalo Trace is a small batch of bourbons from 8 to 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Same with Turkey 101, 6, 8, and 12. Yeah. You know, um, or maybe it's just 6 and 8. I'm thinking of Rare Breed, which is 6, 8, and 12. Sorry. Um, but, you know, the small batch is still, I, I think, just kind of this general understanding that it is the consistency that's important to it. So I'm, I'm totally on board with you there. I want to point out for a second, though, while I was talking, you took a sip of this and you made a face. What yeah. happened? It's got the normal Elijah Craig with extra heat. And it's all in the middle of the palate. Yeah. It's it's like it's almost drinking like almost like a Elijah Craig barrel proof with some extra water in it. Yeah. Which for me, I always take the Elijah Craig barrel proof at pretty much the highest proof they can put out. It's usually what I'm going to lean towards. Um, Wouldn't that be correct, though, a little bit? That it is like the Elijah Craig barrel proof? No, it's exactly correct. Yeah, because, I mean, it's still a 12-year product. Yeah, you know. but, I mean, it's kind of got the the heat from the barrel proof, but the same proof as the current small batch they're putting out. Just different. Um, Yeah. I don't know if I'd necessarily say that I, like, dislike this one more than the what they're putting out now but it's definitely different i think it's easier to pick apart flavors out of the new one i think so too yeah and i think that's you know i i've been one to say yeah i like the new one the non-age stated one better than i did the the age stated one that being said i mean that that was really kind of a product of me having tried the the age stated right after i opened it and going i don't know about it but this has really opened up well. Yeah, it I would has. say that much. I like the nose on this one better than what the the current small batch. But I think I would almost lean towards the palate of the current small batch. I yeah, I think so too. And I, not that I mind the the heat that's on the palate because I I mean I do kind of enjoy a little bit of an alcohol burn. Mm-hmm. But I just think that in terms of like and and a, a general everyday sipper. One that's still kind of versatile, 
I, I still think that the new small batch is a really good product. So, I don't know. It's still good. I, I still like the H-stated one. It makes me not want to spend a crazy amount on an H-stated one just to say that I had, like, the old one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would agree. But, uh, I mean, like, I, I bought this at retail, you know, so $25, $30. So, it didn't set me back a whole lot. It just, you know, my fortune was Swan's misfortune. Oh, no, wait, no. Swan's misfortune was my fortune. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. I mean, honestly, a lot of my stuff goes towards, you know, the podcast. And to you Chad are the bourbon finder. So, it, it's it's perfectly fine. It's just Elijah Craig is arguably one of my favorites, so it hurts a little, but it's it's perfectly fine. Okay. It's fine. Still, I still feel bad. I got my revenge, though. The cork completely fell apart. The cork did break off, yeah. So uh, I got to watch it live. Yes, I did that on a live stream. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, I was wondering what happened. I was yeah. Like, so uh, I thought maybe that was just how they did the old bottles, oh, no. and I was like, oh, no, it was oh, much prettier. Right. So uh, f- when I found it, I think maybe I had a live stream that night or like a couple days after or something. And I was saving it and I was all excited and everything. And I'm talking about, you know, like, oh, I've always said that, you know, the newer stuff's better and everything. And I'm like, here we go. And I take it off and the plastic bit that was on the cork just comes completely off. And like the glue had separated from it and it was so anticlimactic. It yeah. ruined the stream for like three minutes because Perry was just because I couldn't stop laughing. So I couldn't well, stop. Hard. It was the funniest that's thing that that's ever happened to yeah. me on that stream. <laughs> oh, man. The new one's better, I think. Maybe the, it's just different, but I think the new one's I like better the too. New one. Yeah, I mean, it's just, good. Just kind of overall, this is good too. It's just I think the new one is kind of more well-rounded. It's not as yeah. And you know, I again, I. Let's see how many episodes in a row I can say this. This is two. But I've always kind of said Elijah Craig small batch is what I imagine bourbon should taste like. Yeah. Or what I always imagined bourbon should taste like. And that's it's a good price. It's like yeah. it's great. For the quality, I think. Do you think it's overlooked on the shelf? Cuz I think no. No, I don't. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think it's I think it's still pretty well respected. I think it's well respected. I just think that it's overlooked because a lot of people go well i want to try something else and it could be because i live in frankfurt and like every time i've ever worked in a liquor store it's pretty much like handles of ancient age benchmark buffalo trace just flying out the you know out out the store Hmm. and then one person might pick up elijah craig in a day it just could be preference but i I mean i I think it's because you can probably find it that's fair you can find it like any yeah Maybe that has something to do with it. Well, I think this kind of brings up an interesting point, too, not just about availability, but also about price um, in regards to to small batch. So let's start with availability. Inherently, you are going to be able to find more versions or... uh, You're going to be able to find more bottles of a small batch bourbon than you would be a single barrel. Yeah. Whether that be a pick or just the standard offering, say, you know, Knob Creek single barrel or Russell's Reserve single barrel or whatever. Yeah. There are just going to be more bottles of the small batch version of it. So I, I, I am a firm believer in the fact that there are people who see 
that many bottles of it on the shelf and go, I don't think I want to try it. It must not be that good. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can totally see Or they see go, that. yeah, sure, that's good, but I want to be special. I want to, like, <laughs> you know, I want to be, I want to try something that, like, you know, I want, I want to be the person that brings something that says, ooh, I brought. Right. Even right. if it, it's not as good of a product. Yeah. There is something to that, because if we get some new bourbon in at the shop, even if it's, like, OZ Tyler, and it sits behind oh. the counter... People are like, what's that? What are you doing with OZ yeah. Tyler behind the counter? Because no, we don't want to put it on the normal sh- <laughs> Well, good for them. <laughs> but, you know, it, as soon as it sits behind the counter, people are like, oh, that must be new. Is that something special? Like, when did yeah. that come in? It's like, it's only 20 bucks. I think it's more, a lot of people just don't, they, I mean, they don't, they aren't educated about what and where things are, are placed. Not like where they're placed. I'm just meaning like, people aren't educated on, oh, OZ Tyler? Like, yeah, why is that behind there? That's great. You know, they don't know that, like, yeah. oh, it's probably not going to be in there. <laughs> yeah, they just, I guess it's like an exclusivity thing. I think if I can get yeah. something special. I think so, too. It's a psychological thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all, it, it's all about marketing psychology. Yeah, so, you know. I think that's probably has a, quite a bit of it. Yeah. We, we, we kind of strayed off from, from yeah. the point that I was making, though, in that, you know, you know, it, it, it also kind of ties back to what Swan was saying about consistency. You know, if you're, ex- if you're expecting a larger yield from a product, yes, it should be more consistent. You know, you yep. don't want to have an extreme inconsistency between, you know, different bottles. Yeah. The other point, though, that I wanted to make was about price. So... I think kind of maybe maybe it wasn't the intention, but maybe a little bit more inherently, small batch products are a more accessible price. So, you know, I, I keep going back, of course, to Knob Creek, but Knob Creek small batch is what thirty dollars, thirty five dollars. Knob Creek single barrel is forty five to fifty. Unless it's a pick, and then it gets into like, yeah. you know, fifty-five, sixty, you know, depending on where you are. But I think that you know, in terms of marketing, in terms of you know, trying to get people to buy your product, it almost seems like small batch is going to be in your favor, not just because of the consistency or the availability, but also because of the price. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> it may not seem like much, but when you are between two bottles at the store and you've got one that's $30 and another that's 40 in either of your hands, you know, unless, unless you can, you can, you know, really spring for it. I think that a general consumer is going to go more for the lower priced option. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or are they going to go for the more expensive? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I tend to go for the cheaper. Like if I had, Old granddad one general consumer, yeah. Yeah, if I had cheaper. old granddad one fourteen in in my left hand, and then I had the old Forester nineteen twenty in my right hand, that's like a twenty dollar difference, right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna pick the old granddad all day long. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to do that, and they're pretty similar as far as proof goes mm. and age. So I mean, I don't know. I tend to go cheaper. Unless it's something special, you know. 
behind the counter. <laughs> but OZ I mean, Tyler. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, I I don't know if I told you or not. I think I did. I found another bottle of the Bellmead Cast Strength that made it under my top ten the other day, and I I picked it up. You know, and and I mean, there were plenty of other options, but I you know I also am well stocked on my daily drinkers. Mm-hmm. You know, on my twenty dollar bottle of Turkey One Hundred One. You know, or my my twenty dollar handle of T.W. Samuels. Yeah, that stuff's you know, good. Yeah, I know it's great. <laughs> but the the point that I'm trying to make though is that like I, I I guess I'm kind of agreeing with you though. You know, yeah, there is a chance that you know I would want to buy you know the the, the more expensive bottle from time to time just because yeah. it's more expensive. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I don't uh-huh. think I I got lost along the way there. Yeah, but. I mean that that makes sense. I just think is sometimes is a as a general consumer, you go, well, maybe I'll just spring for mm-hmm. the, you know, more expensive because I don't really know. We like we would know, we like, would, oh, yeah. well, this is probably gonna yeah. be about, you know, I'm not gonna spend the extra twenty dollars for it's pretty much the same stuff, like same juice kind of thing, where then a a general consumer that doesn't who's just like likes bourbon or wants to try something new or try a small batch, they're probably going to be like, well, if it's more expensive, it's going to be more. Yeah. It's going to be better. So It's the Pappy effect. Man. It's just, yeah. Pappy's America. But that's like very like psychological, like tr- getting into the marketing ploys but and I think stuff that's Im- and how that works. But I think that's important, especially when you're talking about the difference between small batch and single barrel. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they are... As far as marketing goes, two very different animals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll, again, when we get to our single barrel episode, we'll talk more about it. But, yeah, like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to call it a ploy, you know, like a marketing ploy. It's a gimmick. It's just a tactic. Yeah. I think it's just a tactic that, you know, that everybody's doing. Everyone's running a business and trying to figure out, like, what works best. And for the most part, they've really just, <laughs> they've found a good, Good spot. Sorry. <laughs> Perry's opening a knob just creek. Falling apart. Yeah, everywhere. and the, <laughs> the the wax is just oh, all over the place. Yeah. So this is actually a uh, this is also a knob creek small batch, but this is age stated. And um, yeah, I was kind of holding on to this bottle for a little while, but I figured this was a good opportunity for it. Um. That's pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we'll go Glen Cairns with these. Glen Cairns? I've not had this. You've not had the age stated one? Nope. Not really? Age stated, yeah. It's, um, you know what? I'm not going to say anything about it. You know what's funny about Knob Creek? My experience with it was like. Did you get just, burned out on it? No, it was just a drunk night. <laughs> Like it wasn't there. Like I probably shouldn't, you know, Knob Creek's, you know, pretty good and you know, decent price, like a little a little higher end on what I was drinking for. You know what? I think you've talked about this on the podcast before. Like one of your frat brothers brought over a bottle of Knob Creek or something. It might have been. 
That's but reassuring. I don't. I don't think that was. That's what we want to hear. Well, I don't think that's what I was. I don't think I've ever talked about this before on the podcast. Um, Fair enough. But anyway, it was just that was my really only experience with not. I mean, not my only experience, sure. but my first experience was just having like shooting Knob Creek. <laughs> <laughs> and looking back on it, I'm, wow. like, I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> My first experience with Knob Creek was Knob Creek Maple. Uh, you huh. know what? I think mine was too. Yeah, actually, Knob and Creek. it's not. It's not bad. It's just it's, it's not bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think maple is kind of interesting to me. Look, I would venture to say it's barely even whiskey, but that's you know. Yeah, it's pretty much just like syrup. It's, it's not good. I bet it'd be really good in like a, a, a syrup for pancakes. Yeah, it makes okay bourbon balls. Oh, that's right. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Did that on a live stream as well. With yeah. Knob Creek, I always think that the proof is higher than what it is. What do you mean? Like you don't expect it, You don't think it's 100 proof? No. I always think it's like, interesting. Wow, this is like 115. Like To me, it's, I don't know why I, I always get that feeling well the single barrel is 120 i guess that's maybe why but it's not because i have the single barrel I, every time i have it i just think that knob creek is this bold super strong like high proof bourbon and that could be to- that that's obviously totally wrong it's just no my I don't, I how don't think i so. do it i'm i don't think I so at all i think that I, it's still very bold yeah i think i mean seriously it is a super well-rounded and presentable whiskey Mm. and in this case i have a hard time finding anything wrong with it yeah this is a very good um this is a really good introductory to to jim beam oh absolutely because i you know the white label is not exactly reeling you into jim beam the you know bookers is intense for anyone that's starting out and then you have this, and it's just a nice, you know, well-rounded, it's got everything you want kind of bourbon. Yeah. So it's it's a good introduction to Jim Beam, because I know when I first started, I had Booker's, I was like, Perry, it's not working out, man. It was yeah. the same thing that happened with Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean with Swan. I guess if you're, for if I'm trying to get into, like, kind of higher-proof bourbon and whatnot, I, I feel like this is good. I don't know. Usually I never have the, you know, you smell a bourbon, like a, a high proof bourbon or something, and like you go, whoa. Right. Like you smell the ethanol on it. Yeah. Or like on something like that, and I never smell the ethanol. Knob Creek is my, wow, I smell the ethanol. No, I, I actually, you know what's funny though? I'm, I'm there with you on that one. So I guess I that's definitely my pr- smell the ethanol. I like Knob one. Creek. I think it's good. It's just I. That's one thing I always notice is I'm like, man, the ethanol is so strong. Yeah, and I never grab this offering on the shelf because I the picks. Let's be honest, man. The picks yeah, are I'd, phenomenal. I'd rather spend a couple more dollars. I say a couple, and it's like 15 or 20 But, you know, I'd rather spend a little bit more to, to get a really good Knob Creek single barrel pick. Mm. And I think that's unfortunate because this is such a good – standard offering and having had the non-age stated knob creek recently too it still holds up it's not like there was a, a change in quality between 
the the age statement being removed and all that like there was with Elijah Craig. I mean, this has stayed consistently good ever since they took the nine-year age statement off of it. Um, now, that being said, I mean, I can understand, you know, I, I definitely can understand wanting to go for something like the single barrel. I'll be honest with you, though. I don't know the last time that I had just a standard Knob Creek single barrel. I don't even know where to find one. Like a lot of the stores that I, I go do. to, I can't find <laughs> You can only find picks? Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not I just heard I just heard a thousand pairs of eyes roll into the back of their heads because they're like, <laughs> oh, we never get picks up here. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's now I feel bad. But no, it's <laughs> But, like, I mean, you can go in stores, at least in Kentucky, and, like, they've got 14, 13-year picks. I saw a 15-year yeah. uh, at one place. Mm-hmm. They've got them all over the place, and they always do the single barrels and 120 proof. And, I mean, if you if you can find it, – it for me, it's not just about that age. You know, sure, a 14- and 15-year-old bourbon at that price point is going to be fantastic. Yeah. But – and, you know, nine times out of ten when you go into a store and you ask them, well, what did it come out of the barrel at? They're not going to know the answer to that question, but I still like to answer it, or ask it. Because, you know, I had the experience where I was on a Knob Creek barrel pick and it came out of the bottle at, or out of the barrel at 121 proof and was bottled at 120. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was like, this is as close to a barrel proof Knob Creek as you're going to get. Knob Creek single yeah. barrel. You'll like this. They're actually starting to send out placards of a diagram of the warehouse showing where the barrel came from, the proof it came out of the barrel. Really? Everything, yeah. Huh. And so, Have you well, guys gotten one yet? Yeah, I'll Good. take a picture of it and yeah. send it to you. It's it's pretty cool. It's really detailed. So they're, they're really putting a lot into their single barrel. But going back to the small batch, this is just solid. It's right up there with me for me with the Jim Beam Bonded. Um, it's just another solid. This one yeah. feels like it's got a little more heat on it. Oh, it definitely and does. And I yeah. think to your point, saying that it's hotter, I think it's because we're all used to Heaven Hill with their bottled and bonds. Yeah, hundred proof. That's a good point. And they're all just nice and mellowed and like creamy yeah. and caramely and stuff. This one's got some punch, and it's the same proof. Yeah, I think that's what it is. is Knob Creek just has some punch. It has a little bit of this like burnt, burnt oak. Char yeah, to and it for somebody that's just getting into bourbon and is still making the bourbon and cokes. I think this would fare better than some of the Heaven Hill stuff because you need a little bit of that punch. Let's do it blind. Mm. Oh, see, I you don't okay. want to do a bourbon and coke blind? That's <laughs> they're dangerous, man. <laughs> if when you're doing bourbon and cokes, I think Knob Creek putting Knob Creek into it. Yes, that makes sense. I don't know. I could be the only one here and be total. <laughs> I just am not. I like Knob Creek. I think it's good. It's just it's, it's not, just not my, in your wheelhouse. It's not in I my wheelhouse. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. It's just not my palate. It's not my... Like, I want it to be a little sweeter, a little... Uh, a little more Heaven Hill? A little more mellow. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about E.H. Taylor's small batch? I truthfully don't think I've ever had E.H. Taylor's small what? batch. I've Seriously? Seen the, I've seen the bottle a million one times. I don't think I've ever had it. All right, Kurt. Strap in. All right, cool. Strap in, buddy. Um, this is yeah, happening. 
But that's how my palate goes to is it's n- I like to have those notes of like char and oak and stuff. Yeah. But Knob Creek to me just feels like burnt. This is my personal Which is totally just me. Like I don't think it's totally just me, but it's my personal preference. It's your preference. Yeah. That's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to get across is not like it's bad. Oh, of like, course not. Do this. Absolutely just, not. Yeah. Like it's just not me. So I've this is probably about the third bottle of this that I've had. I'm talking about the uh, E. H. Taylor small batch. This is actually the first one I opened. This is one of the ones that I've been trying wow. to uh, see how opening up affects it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what you guys think. So speaking of that, um, somebody was saying on uh, um, Twitter that in uh, Fred Minnick's book Bourbon Curious, and I. Don't remember this from it, but he said try the same bourbon every day for a week. Each each day for seven days mm-hmm. to see how it opens up, and I think that would be actually a really interesting experiment to do. Yeah, I think the closest you've come to that is probably the old Ezra Barrel Proof because you just kept going back to it. Yeah, and, and you know what's funny is I had it again the other night. In a Glencairn. And not that I was finding it to be as flat as it was when we we had it on the show Mm. or as it was for a couple of times after that. It just didn't seem to provide the punch or the excitement that it did when I had it in the Norlin glass. I still found it lacking. I don't know. It's such an enigma to me. And I don't know what to do with that bottle. Also, if anybody wants a bottle of it, I have an extra. And <laughs> <laughs> it's apparently getting hard to find. I I have no idea. Like I said, yeah, I have an extra. So I might take you up on that. Okay. We'll, we'll chat about this after. I have, yeah, yeah, I have an idea. I got you. <laughs> All right, Kurt. We got to ask you because you've never had it. Never had it. Excuse me, A.H. Taylor small batch. What do you think about the nose? It's light. Interesting. It could be because we're coming off the heels of something you considered stronger. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Take your uh take the inside of your elbow mm-hmm. and smell that. And it'll help you um kind of reset your nose. Wait, really? Yeah. Have you never heard that? No, this is the first man. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time. It helps me get uh, re- reacquainted, get re- reassessed. See, before I did that, I mean, like, I wasn't picking up some of the more barrel-y notes on it, yeah. but, you know, it's really kind of presenting That's them. how it was for me, too. Yeah. I still think it's light. I think so, too, but... At, but I'm at, not saying... It's not like, you know... <laughs> I'm not catching I any you. of those notes. Sure. I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has got more nuance than anything else we've tried so far. To yeah. Me. I think so, too. And maybe that's what I my palate goes towards is a nuance of something. It's just a, it's like mellower. <coughs> just has a little bit of a sweet note, but also comes back to a to a oak note. It also has like a little in between. And it's definitely sweet. Yeah, it definitely see, has a sweetness. That, that's to why it. I. That's why I think 
for me, it's a little too sweet. This for is my too sweet palate, for you? For my palate. All I right. want something like in between, man. Okay, I have an idea. I have an idea. We'll do a one-to-one blend of Knob Creek small batch and an E.H. Taylor small batch Okay, for you. Because I feel like that would be where that's supposed to lie for you. So Yeah, and I really think that is. And I feel like this podcast, I'm really like, just like back and forth on it. No, nah, man, you're just dialing in what you want. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's what these people are theoretically doing with their small batches anyways. They're taking barrels that maybe didn't make the cut for single barrel and, and yeah. blending it to make their own profile. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, you're just you're just doing some extra like, work, man. I just want man. something in between. Yeah. I don't know why this podcast, though, I, this specific one, I'm like not finding. <laughs> I just am literally not finding. I'm like, ah, well, that's not what I want. Okay. But that's not what I want either. So let's, uh, this is really kind of off topic, but it's all right. Um, just let that sit for a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you come back to it towards the end of the show and we'll talk about it. Okay. So with the E.H. Taylor, I always get like kind of a tobacco-y thing. That yeah, I don't get absolutely. a whole lot of other stuff. Coupled with like a lot of like fruit. But like almost candied fruit. I don't know. Yeah, because there is a sweetness to it. Yeah, it's like it's like oak and tobacco and like a candied fruit and I don't know. Sometimes it's I haven't got it on this bottle, but I've had another one that almost got like a almost a licorice, but not a bad. It's just like a really really light. So it's it's got a whole lot and it it you know it does its paces too. It changes while it's, yeah. it's on your palate. Um, now I've not gotten that off anything else we've really tried tonight. Other than the Black Ridge, I got a little bit of it. Sure. So, the the first bottle of E.H. Taylor that I ever got, it was definitely an outlier. It was nothing but caramel apple. This is totally different from that. And what's so weird about this, this goes back to our consistency thing, Every time I've had E.H. Taylor Small Batch since then, it's not tasted like that. Hmm. It's always tasted like this general, I say general, but I mean it in a good way, um, kind of profile with E.H. Taylor. Like, it actually has the bourbon qualities to it with the caramel and the oak and yada yada. Plus some of those layers and the nuances that we were talking about as well. But... I think that it is still worth noting that despite the fact that you can, you know, work it down to a T in terms of what you actually present in the bottle, there is still room for human error. Oh, yeah. And a small batch could still wind up being inconsistent with a flavor profile or with a brand's expression or whatever. So as consistent as we may say small batch is, there's still that slight room for inconsistency. Is Noah's Mill a small batch? That is a good question. I think probably I so. Because I've noticed that myself and both Chad and Sarah have said that their older or like their first bottles of Noah's Mill tend to stand out as ones that they like more. And since it's gone on, they've not found one they like as much as that first one they had 
So, I mean, going back to the human error part of it, not saying that they messed up, but they could gradually be changing the profile over time to, you know, fit whatever their new small batch is. So they don't necessarily say that it's a small batch, but what it says on the bottle is this batch of bourbon. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Which I still assume is a small batch, but, you know, it's... Yeah, it's whatever. That could have been that could have been completely an attempt of their previous age statement was fifteen, which is right. It's up there. Yeah. So if you needed to get it from like fifteen down to like twelve, down to ten to eight. Could you imagine having two products at that point that were both age stated? Johnny Drum and Noah's Mill were both fifteen years old. That's huh? insane. No, I couldn't. I, I couldn't mean do that. what <sighs> How do you survive on that stock? I mean, you're... Hope that no one buys it. That's pretty much the only <laughs> thing you can do. But you also have to hope that somebody's going to buy it so that you can make money to keep yeah. paying the taxes on the barrels that are sitting in the warehouse. Yeah. And you stay awake game. at night. And you, yeah, and you then know, you, you have yeah. bad dreams. You even put the price you up, asleep. and then like, well, maybe I that sell happen. the Willett family estate for three times the normal retail. Yeah, exactly. That stuff's insanely expensive, but apparently it's great. I've not actually had the chance to try some of it. Have you not? Yeah, not even the one just with the, the purple you, foil up at the top. Oh, the bourbon. Yeah, the bourbon. Have you had the rye? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. But no, that's that stuff is apparently phenomenal. Um, but no, just I've had I've had one of the bourbons. It's pretty I mean, good. It's yeah, pretty good. I, I could imagine that your small batch would change if you had to go from 15 down to oh, for something sure. lower. Um, and I'm sure it's like that with a ton of different small batches. So to kind of wrap this thing up, and this is based on you know our experience here without actually you know diving too far into the world of single barrels. Based on our conversation... Based on the points that we've made so far, what would you guys prefer to buy or drink? A small batch bourbon or a single barrel bourbon? And I'm not saying necessarily a single barrel pick. I'm talking more like a single barrel they can just go to the store and buy. Mm. As an everyday like sipper, like this is what I want to drink? I would say just in general. Just in general. Okay. Because, sure, I mean, you know, if, if you are thinking in terms of everyday sipper, take that into account. Sure. Yeah. But I, I'm just saying, you know, you know, at the end of the day, somebody puts a, a, the same offering, but one small batch and one single barrel in front of you. Yeah. What would you choose? I think how I would choose is, do I want something that's consistent, that ha- will have the same profile for the most part? Um that will be specific to what I want that I know and will be able to like guarantee like, okay, this is what I'm going to want and what I'm going to like. I would go small batch all day. If I want something that, okay, every, every bottle I pick, m- pick up might be different. I think I'd go more single barrel. Yeah. For me, I don't think I can choose. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's hard. For me, it sometimes would depend on distillery, but in general, I'd have to say small batch. And that's only because I'm thinking, like, the bottom shelf stuff that I love, a lot of it's small batch. The top shelf stuff that I love, also small batch. Yeah. I mean, you got to think that they're not doing single barrels of George T. Stagg or William Lee Weller or yeah. even the... Even the <laughs> Wouldn't that be the dream? Yeah. Or even the... Um, <laughs> 
uh, what was it? Four Roses limited edition. Yeah. They they put that small batch right on the front of that. They're proud to call it a small yeah. batch. Uh, some of the bigger releases they do every year, they're very specific in saying they curated the best blend they could possibly come up with for 2018, 2019. Right. Um, so not only looking at the consistency, I would look at just the fact that sometimes small batch can lend you towards changing the profile from just one barrel to what you actually wanted out of it. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really good point too, especially just in terms of, you know, whether or not you feel like you're getting your money's worth. Yeah. You know, I mean, it. at the end of it all, a single barrel that's not necessarily a pick, just a single barrel on the on the shelf, is in essence a gamble. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we, we alluded to it earlier. Chad's single barrel bottle of uh, uh, E.H. Taylor is crap. <laughs> I mean, seriously, just straight <laughs> yeah. up crap. We've had... Bad barrels of uh, of Blantons before. Yeah, we've had a bad. I, I I've had a bad bottle from a single barrel of Weller 107 before. You know, mm-hmm. it is just it's a shot in the dark. So I would say, you know, if you are more of a consumer based buyer, or consumer, you know, if if that's where you are at headspace wise when you're going into the liquor store, you know. You might be better off buying a, a, a small, small batch, batch instead of a single barrel. I totally agree. Yeah. And but, what you said, like, that makes total sense to me. Yeah. Um, but if you are looking for a single barrel, if you're looking for consistency, that's where I'm kind of like, or sure, or this is the best that you're going to have, then small batch. Yeah. Single barrels, like, like it's kind of like the lottery a little bit. I mean, you hit more often. <laughs> you hit more often than not. I feel. With single barrel? Yeah. Wait, what kind of lottery are you playing? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, just saying, like, I, I feel like saying. with single barrel, you're going to, you know, you're going to hit more often than, like. I think that's fair. <laughs> like, you would the actual lottery. Yeah. But single barrel has a chance of being, this is going to be, like, something that you don't want to get rid of ever. Yeah. Like, you don't, you're going to, like, the, uh. Henry McKenna tenure that we had from way back, man. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's still a little yeah, tiny bit specific left barrel, specific like yeah. that's something that's we're not gonna ever have again for the most part. Yeah, and that's that's the cool thing, like going back to you mentioned. That's Monica. the cool thing about single barrels. Yeah, you mentioned Monica. She just I think she posted in your Patreon or somebody's that had she had a picture of a case of Henry McKenna or like six bottles of it. Every one of those is going to taste different. Yeah. That's the gamble right there. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. It's a great gamble to have, especially when you get six chances at it. I, I did a, yeah. a, a whole live stream where I was trying different Henry, Henry McKenna single barrels. Yeah. But, you know, I had two that were barreled on the same day and two that were barreled a day <laughs> apart. Mm-hmm. And, and the variance and consistency was insane. And quality, for that matter. I mean, there there was, uh, it, it was crazy. I mean, there was no. It was it was kind of hard to to choose a winner, but I mean, I mean, yeah. sure, I had my favorites, but it, it's still, the point is that you know, every single one of those bottles tasted different from the one before. Yeah, mm-hmm. so and that's where I see 
general consumer, if you're going in, you're wanting the like what you had the last time, small batch. Yeah. <laughs> like Yeah. If you're going in, you want to like take a gamble, you're feeling lucky that day, like go for the single go barrel. For the single barrel. Yeah. Both have their their pros and cons. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh you know, like I said too, we'll we'll come back to this topic when we talk about single barrels in the future. But uh I would love to know uh whether you prefer small batch or single barrels. So uh hit us up on uh on social media at my bourbon pod. Let me know. Uh do you prefer the the small batch or the single barrel or the single barrel over the small batch? And again, we will talk about this topic again yeah. in the future. But until then, we have more work to do. Yes. And that work involves drinking more bourbon. Can I just say that it's my favorite thing that I get to call this work? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I could probably write most of this off of my taxes. Please do. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. I need to start keeping receipts on what bottles I get. Oh, man. I got you. I'll be your bookkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> so... Curtis texted us on the on the way over to the house, and he goes, "Which uh, which expression of Booker should I get? Should I get the Kathleen's batch, the backyard barbecue, or the uh, the kitchen table? Kitchen table, the uh, the chew, the Kentucky chew. Oh, did you say Kentucky chew? Okay, yeah. I apologize. It was that, I apologize. It was the kitchen table, Kentucky chew, or Kathleen's batch. Yeah. And uh, my my immediate response was the kitchen table because this is the least. This is the one I've had the least experience with. Okay. Um, and neither of you guys have had this one before either. But, you know, I, I had originally planned to review something else on the show as, you know, to, to, to tie in with a small batch. But the more I was thinking about it and the fact that you presented that to us, I was like, well, what better way to cap off a small batch episode than with reviewing a bourbon from a line that established small batch mm-hmm. as an expression in bourbon. So this is Booker's uh, Kitchen Table. It was the final release of 2018, 2018-04. Kurt, I'm going to let you talk about, uh, about some of the stats on there because you have the bottle yeah. as well. So some of the stats is that it's 128 proof, so 64%. What a jump, by the way. We're going up almost 30 proof points. <laughs> yeah. Uh, six years, eight months, seven days is the age statement. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited too. I, I like I said, I've only had this once, so let's. Uh, it's the highest grade. So last night, by the way, when I was having my small batch excursion, I had two two bottles of um, Booker's, and I also had the hold uh, that thoughts one. Uh, or not. Uh, we're close. We're close. Not quite. Okay. It sounded good in the headphones. It's the artificial cork, you know. <laughs> and I also anyway, had go ahead. the little book. Um, all yeah. I had all three of those. Vastly different. Crazy how different they are. I mean, they can put out four batches of Booker's, and you would honestly think this is the classic Booker's profile, but somehow they are all extremely different. It's crazy. And they, they all come with a cool little card. If you're not a f- if you haven't picked up a bottle of Booker's yet, um, they come with a little card in the box that tell you percentages of where they got you know stuff in the warehouse. Uh huh. Um, and so maybe Curtis could tell us what the uh, I will uh, different percentages are. Let's see. 
7% came from the fourth floor of nine-story warehouse E. 14% came from the fifth floor of nine-story warehouse E. 24% came from the fifth floor of nine-story warehouse J. 44% came from sixth floor nine-story warehouse J. So it looks like, you know, about 70% of this came from warehouse J. Thanks, Warehouse J. Thank we love so it. I don't. I don't know um, uh, beam warehouses the way that I do turkey warehouses. Like Eddie came out today and he goes, "Well, I got a couple barrels from uh, uh, Rickhouse K," and I go, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> "I was like, oh," and he goes, "So you like you like K barrels?" And I was like, "Love them, <laughs> <laughs> everything." Um, and they've just been on a real good kick recently. Yeah, that's yeah. that's an aside. So this says. This batch has a beautiful color that is a deep chestnut and has a robust flavor, rich taste profile. The nose is a rich balance of vanilla and oak that comes from aging in white oak barrels uh, for more than six years. The finish is balanced, pleasant, and does not overpower. In Dad's honor, I've enjoyed this batch with a healthy splash of water, also called a Kentucky tea, which was one of his signature ways to enjoy his bookers. I don't know if that's a standard thing that they put on these. <laughs> kind of seems well, like we'll, it a little. We'll bit. add a little bit of water as well too towards the end, just see how it kind of opens up. My first impressions of this, it is very ethanol-y on the nose. Yes, it is. I did. I did a little bit of a double take there too, after after smelling it for the first time, and uh, I mean, I'm getting more acclimated to it. I mean, this is the first time that, you know, I, I've Ooh, yeah. I mean, I haven't there had anything this high proof yet today or tonight. So this is a, a, a bit of a shock to the system. It definitely is, yeah. But with that, some of those more traditional bourbon notes shine through. So Swan did something there just a second ago that I kind of forgot about doing when I, when I nose things. And that's to give a little... Like, I don't know how to say this. A little blow into the glass and then immediately smell it afterwards. So, like... Yeah. Yeah, the idea is you're just blowing the ethanol vapors out of the glass and then immediately and get helps back in there. it helps so much. It helps so much to uncover the the richness oh, that yeah. is on that nose. I mean, my goodness. Now I'm starting to pick up, like, a berry note on there, too. There's almost, like... There's almost a French toast note on there too mm-hmm. that I honestly don't know if I've ever gotten on a bourbon before. I can't wait to taste it though. Swan and I already have. Oh man. Ooh. So it, I'm I'm happy that we had Knob Creek, not necessarily immediately prior to this, but prior to this. Yeah. So that our palates could kind of be accustomed to that Jim Beam profile. Because now what's what's interesting for me is that this is filling in the gaps that Knob Creek seemed to have been leaving out. I'm getting a, like a brittle note there too. There's some honey that's shining through too as well. The finish is unbelievably long. I mean, it just feels like and I, I know I already brought up honey, but 
it feels like that really slow drip of honey. Mm-hmm. So it, it it starts, you know, in the top of the chest and then just very slowly expands before it hits your stomach. Yeah. And that really slow Kentucky hug, I think is awesome. It's like a slow Kentucky hug and a bourbon bomb. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I don't know if that's ever been said, but I'm sure it has. <laughs> but like a bourbon bomb, you know? I've no I noticed like after I after the finish, like it's it's so long, but then my mouth starts to like it feels like it's it's exploding mm-hmm. with bourbon. The mouthfeel isn't as nice as I would like for it to be. I would like for it to coat a little bit more too, but I, I it doesn't necessarily keep me from enjoying the overall palate of it. Um, I, I I mean honestly, this is a fantastic product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the two that I had last night were 2018-1 the Kathleen's batch. Yeah. And the 2017-3. Which are Is that front porch batch? I think so. Which are two of yeah. my favorites yeah, that, that is, I've been able to... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And uh I got to say man, this is holding up to both of them pretty well. <laughs> it's pretty good. I think yeah. this beats both of them. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've had all four batches from 2018. I think the only thing that either of those does better is I think the Kathleen's batch leans towards the chocolatey notes a little more, and I I, I tend to like those. This one though, the the whole palate experience and the finish, uh-huh. and I do still get some awesome. chocolatiness in there as well. Yeah, the but, Kathleen's batch is just overwhelmingly chocolate yeah, to me. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is, one is good. Well, like you said, the the brittle. It's very brittly. It's very brittly. Yeah, and I, I you know, there is that of. standard note of nuttiness mm-hmm. that you get on on Jim Beam products. This is so specifically a peanut brittle. Yeah. That I'm I'm totally all about. You know, I I, I think it's one thing to go. It's nutty. No offense, Chad. Because, but, but, but like when, when you're able to go, it's nutty in a specific way. Yeah. That's where I get excited about it. Because when you say it's nutty, you, you can go multiple different ways. Like, okay, is it like peanuts? Is it right. cashews? Is it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like, which on, is so specific. Like, but, but I mean, like on you turkey. Get into the, like, oh, well, you know, don't. Like, <laughs> I hate that. I hate that kind of feel, you know. But that, on turkey, like I get. But this is specifically, yeah, like a peanut brittle. Yeah. But on turkey, though, like I get an an almond, mm-hmm. you know, like almost almond butter at times. Yeah. And you know that to me is kind of characteristic of older or or more aged turkey. Um. So anyway, from like the the twelve to fifteen or seventeen year, but. You know, I I always get some of those cashews and peanuts. Yeah. On on Jim Beam products, though. I just got a note off the nose, and it was kind of like a beef brisket. Beef brisket, interesting. <laughs> like a smoky, you know. I, I mean, not specifically a like a smoked meat, but, but it does. But smell, it was like a smoked something. But it does smell like. A, a steakhouse kind of bourbon. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, like, I, I would think that this 
and I mean, I, I think I've said this before too. This is Booker's just kind of in general is for me a very good steak bourbon. I think I think that it is really good for you know Swanson night as Swan used to have. Exactly. <laughs> Swan, I have to ask you, did you reverse sear those steaks? No, I didn't. Yeah. Do you know about the reverse searing process? Yeah, I've seen it done. Um, it's the best way to to cook steaks indoor. Yeah, I need to get on that one. But no, I did not. I, it's it's good to have a Swanson night. And if nobody knows what that, if somebody doesn't know what that means, it basically just means uh, Ron Swanson from Parks Monson. and Rec. I wasn't sure, but I was like, it has to be Ron Swanson. There's a scene specifically that I like to reference where they spook him into he's going to have a birthday, and he's so against the birthday thing with the the cake and the balloons, and the whole episode they're alluding to, like, that's what we're going to have. It's going to be great. Cake, balloons, the whole nine yards. And then they put him in a room, and he's got a steak, his Lagavulin 16 that he likes to drink, and I think like a Western. And they just let him sit down. And every once in a while, I'd have like a night where it's just nothing but steak, bourbon, and some TV show that I like. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have them every once in a while. So, you know what's funny? Have you ever had Lagavulin? I have. Yeah, uh, not for me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know how people do it. I actually uh, picked up a bottle of of it. Uh, not the 16. They just did a Game of Thrones release of it that's a nine-year. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's still peaty. It's still rough. It's still hard to get through. And the strange thing is, it's not high proof. It kicks you in the you know in the palate like it is, but it's not high proof. It's not for me. I know there's people that are going to you know kill me for this because you know, a peaty scotch is something that they really love. This is my bourbon podcast, not my scotch podcast. Exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> It's it's very very different. I would recommend trying it once. Sure. Once. Sure. Was this the? What's it look like? What's the bottle look like? It's very plain. It's literally is just that, a green this is glass the Game bottle. of Thrones, right? It, it, yeah, oh, but it's not. It's not the. Versions? Yeah, so there's the Johnny Walker like White Walker. I saw the White Walker, and you can find that. Yeah, this is completely different. Places. This these, comes in a tube. These are in just white tubes with like kind of Game of Thrones esque artwork yeah. on the outside of them. Yeah, and uh, which is what I've been looking for. Do you know where I can? Yeah, I do. Okay, I'll tell cool. you off air. We'll talk. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, want the bourbon finder. Scotch finder. Now I need to make the page. <laughs> uh, but no, it's. I'll tell you where to get them out there. Uh, it's some of them are worth trying more than the others, from what I heard, especially for bourbon drinkers because they're not super peaty. And yeah. People tend to. Which I'll, yeah. I actually enjoy kind of the peatiness. So <laughs> might be for you. The only thing that and another turn off for me is is uh, the cherry wood smoked barley thing that you didn't care for too much womp, they're womp. very high barley like they've got a Ooh. lot of the, that kind of yeah flavor to them so if the cherry like the cherry wood was fine with you but the barley wasn't it might scare you off yeah. a little bit speaking of which they're of the master's collection at woodford yeah they just released the um oh, what was it i wanted to say like it was like the american select, select oak yeah, yeah. select oak have you guys had tried? No. It I think it just came out the nineteenth. Sorry, Chris Morris. Um, what? 
since he listens to the show, I have to apologize to him. Then you haven't had it? That I haven't had it. Oh, uh, I mean, it just came out the 19th. I know, but... Still, um. Still. Anyway, I saw that at Total Wine as well. Yeah. And I thought about getting it, but, you know, I didn't want to spend the money, and, like, I wanted to... <laughs> I wanted to go for... Right. You know, a little more small batch, bookers type deal. So, as we were chatting, I don't know if you did, Kurt, but Swan and I added water to ours. I did not. Have you tasted it yet? It really flattens it out. It keeps the heat and gets rid of the depth. Yep. Mm-hmm. And glad I didn't add water. To yeah, this. no, you were you were totally right to do that. So I, I think that our best bet at this point, in terms of reviewing, is just to give our scores based on it without water. Yeah, I, I agree. Speaking of review scores, though, we do have a review system on the podcast, and that is a four-tiered system of nose, palate, finish, and price. Each category is out of five, and then we total everything up for a uh, total out of 20. I don't know why I said total there twice, but it's all good. Uh, and then you should know whether or not you should buy this. So does this one feel like more of a thinker to you guys? <laughs> it's been, yeah. Like, th- this has been, I mean, not that, like... I'm going to pour a little bit as well. Not that I'm, like, going, oh, am I torn between whether or not it's good or bad? It's just, where do I fall on this? You know, because there are some really... I really like it. I do, too. But, like, this almost seems like it's... I don't want to say out of my wheelhouse, but it seems like it's offering something that I'm not used to, and I don't know how to approach it. To me, it feels like a special release, and it shocks me that it's just a standard. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, so if you haven't already watched the recap of, you know, Chad's 2018 bourbons... This one made it up there pretty pretty high. Yeah. And I can see it why. Um, it's there's definitely something a little more special than, with this than standard releases. And even looking at other distilleries like Stag Jr., I would uh I would argue that this is, you know, even kind of sh- outshining some of those releases. Not all, but some. So it's it's different. I think it's gonna be divisive for some, and it makes me kind of question whether I should score it high or not, but I'm gonna score it how I think it should be. I gotta be honest with you. This is one of the highest scoring bourbons I think I've ever given. Really? And there is one category in specific that I don't think I've ever given this high of a score to. Huh. All right, well, let's start with the nose. Yeah, let's go with the nose then. I gave the nose a 3.5. I think that it was approachable, but at the same time, without having to give it, uh, you know, a little bit of work, you know, then is when it became really enjoyable. Okay. So... Sure, it was nice with that ethanol flavor on it, but once we did that little <laughs> yeah, blowing the- um, to you know try to get rid of the ethanol vapors, that's when it became enjoyable for me. So my my thinking here is, you know, should I have to work this hard to enjoy it? And sure, I mean that it's it's a very you know arbitrary idea of work yeah but 
I, you know, I would rather have something be presentable immediately instead of me having to fight for it. Mm. What about you on the nose, Corey? On the nose, and I, I honestly kind of forgo- forgot about the ethanol that we were talking about at the beginning. Yeah. Um, just because af- I feel like after I had a few sips of it, I didn't, when I kept nosing it, I didn't realize that as much, the ethanol. Yeah. Um, so I gave that the nose a four. Yeah. Um, I just really liked how, so after the ethanol, I guess that's where I would dock it. And that's why it wouldn't be like a four and a half or something like that. Uh, the ethanol's, it's prevalent at the very beginning. But then I started getting the caramel, the sweeter notes. Um, yeah. But then, even after I took a couple sips, I started to notice that brisket note, which is something <laughs> I've never, like, I've never experienced. And yeah, maybe it's not just brisket, but it's just like a smoked meat. Sure. Like yeah. smell, like you. a smokiness, and that's why I, I, that's why I'm giving it a four. Is just I really enjoyed that, and that's something I've never had. Sure. In a bourbon before. I gave it a 3.25. <laughs> taking after Chad here. Um, I thought it was good. The ethanol was super apparent. I don't like the idea that I have to work to get the smell of, you know, like the nose of a bourbon. We're in the I same had, boat. I had to yeah. blow in the glass to kind of get it. The ethanol was just super, super apparent. I think that's really off-putting, especially for people trying to reach for higher-proof bourbons for maybe the first or second time, or even people looking for, uh, you know, comparatively, like the Kathleen's batch, that's a little more friendly and inviting and chocolatey, but still has that ethanol. Comparatively, this is a little harsh. Once you get past it... That's a it, good point. Yeah. It's f- super friendly. Uh, has some great stuff. The smoked meat thing that you have... It's it's there. It's a little light, but it's there. The tobacco and caramel notes are definitely in there, and those are stuff that's something I really like. So I, I gave it a three point two five. I gave it a four. I I am such a fan of it. It it has so many layers that ease into each other so seamlessly. Like it it just feels like one big enjoyable roller coaster you know like you sure you're being brought from point a to point b but everything complements everything else mm-hmm. it doesn't compete with anything else and you're you're just left satisfied with it not so satisfied that you don't want to go back for another drink but satisfied enough to where you can just accept how good that was, you know? And I, I, this is one of the better palettes I've had in a really, really long time. Yeah. I mean, I I totally agree. I'm going to give it a 3.75. Okay. Um, I hate to get into the point two five. Everybody else is conforming to that, but me, and I don't. No, <laughs> I don't know why. It's all good. Um, <laughs> I just, I think with that is there were so many layers, and that I really liked them. Uh, got a lot of the peanut brittle, like we were talking about. Yeah. Um, I felt like that was the prominent kind of uh, 
palette that I was I was getting. Those were the the notes that I was getting. Um, but I lost some of the the smokiness that I was looking for. Um, not like a lot by at all. I lo- like the palette was really really good. So I think yeah. three point seven five just because I really like the nose. I think that's a fair assessment though. Um, and honestly, I could probably bump it up to a four. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that picky enough to be like 3.75 to a four, you know? So let's just go four. We'll go four. Okay, fine. Um, he, so, you talked yourself into that. Yeah, I talked myself into that. Um, <laughs> I really like this. It's really good. Swan, what about you? I thought it was great. Uh, I mean, it. my complaint about the Booker's 30th was I kind of got like it was in two stages. This one really feels like it's one long continuous slightly changing and that's stage. Where, mm-hmm. Yeah. With a nice building heat like on the back palette that immediately transitions into the finish. So that that's where I thought it was great. So I'm going to actually give it a 4. Um I think <laughs> we all agree on the palette then. Yeah, I think the only thing holding it back from a 5 honestly is that building heat can get a little bit much. The proof is really good. I'd like to see it hold up to some water, just a little bit. Yeah. See, but um, then you add water and it, no, and it falls apart. Yeah, because yeah. there's there's some Elijah Craig Barrel proofs, and not all. I'll give it that. That I would say, palette's probably close to a five for me. You could put water on it. It's like you're having a different bourbon. Yeah. And it's you know you get different notes. It's just a whole new animal. That's something that I'd like to see in this. And you get it in some bookers. Yeah. Maybe just not this one. So I'm going to give it a four. (sighs) Finish, though. Like I said, I've never given a category this category. I'm giving the finish a five. This is the best finish I think I've ever had on a bourbon. And I I know, I know, I know. And I, I know that there are things that are going to, you know, come to me in the future, and maybe I'll go back to other finishes that I've had in the past, but as it stands right now, this is everything I want in the finish. And I had talked about it earlier. It's a slow burn. It drips through your chest into your stomach. It's still expanding on flavors that you were getting on the palate. You're still kind of getting excited by it too. Like you're you're still wanting to find more things. You're not, you know, getting bored by it or anything. Mm-hmm. I just think that this is a quintessential finish for yeah. a bourbon. And I I don't think I have anything else to say about it other than that, is that this is easily the best finish i've ever had on a bird i mean i i'm wow i know and like this isn't something either that i've like i think about regularly you know i i taste a a bourbon and i go oh it it's so good uh, up front Mm -hmm. it's so good you know and and then i I, but then the finish is like oh it's too short it's a it's a finish yeah yeah and I can still kind of pick it apart and, you know, but but then I go, oh, it's this, that, and the other. But I've had such a visceral reaction to this one. And I've still been able to pick it apart. I think Perry's in love. 
I've never been in love with a finish before. You're in love with one. <laughs> Do you want to write out a letter? Like a love note? Dear kitchen table. <laughs> yeah, for real. War is hell. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I've been in the war for... <laughs> we lost one. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second, and then I was like, oh, I get what you mean. <laughs> I got it now. Anyway. What do we mean? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just joking. Kurt, what are you giving the finish? Uh, finish, I'm going to give a four and a half. I'm not as on it as you are. Um, but it, it really is like just that Kentucky hug. It's long. It's strong. Um, it opens up the flavors. And I think the finish is actually what opened up the nose for me and that's why i think i gave it a four um was the finish was strong enough to like open that up to have some of that smokiness yeah uh some of that smoked meat um so yeah i mean it's a really good finish i gave it a four and a half (laughs) not as in love with it as perry yeah uh it's not I don't think it's... Well, that's why I married it, and you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Writing it letters, I'm not. <laughs> Anyways, I I like kind of the sweeter finishes. This didn't have that. It's kind of the stronger, like, smoked meat, as you yeah. as Kurt mentioned. And it's it's got some sweetness to it in the palate. I just don't see it as much in, like, the finish. The sure. hug's great, though. Yeah. It's fantastic. I don't think you can really beat that. There's there's some I've had that are equivalent to that where it kind of almost feels like like you said honey dripping down yeah. you know, your chest. That's that's fantastic. I don't think you can beat that at all. Uh, I just I like a little bit sweeter. So that's a personal preference thing. Yeah. No. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I you actually bring up a good point too is that you know I I like having multiple people at one time talking about you know their own personal experiences yeah. with reviewing a, a certain bourbon or a certain whiskey because you know not not everybody's palate's gonna line up mm-hmm. so you know you may really love Evan Williams single barrel I may not yeah. you know but you know you will know that and and, and, and Kurt might love it so you well know, that's kind of how like the Knob Creek, you guys were like, oh, man. Right. It's so solid. Yeah. And for me, it was just missing a few things that I think the Booker's is like, yeah, this is filling in those gaps multiple times like on I was saying, what I yeah. want. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Price-wise, though, I gave it a four. Um, I know that, that Booker's had a price hike recently. Okay. I mean, recently within the past two years. Yeah. Um, Which one is that price? Just to like seventy dollars. It was. I paid sixty for it. It was supposed to kind of okay. jump from like a so. fifty to like they said high end. They 80. said like eighty, yeah. And then okay. everyone freaked out, and most places have it for like about sixty five to I fa- seventy. Yeah. So I got yeah. this for sixty. What was interesting to me was the Kathleen's batch was seventy. I could see that. I mean, as it gets older, it gets harder to find. That's the thing is that I I think that total wine is a little inconsistent with the way that you're gonna 
be able to buy stuff. Yeah. Um, I think they're more bourbon like heavy, so they understand that some some places aren't going to have Kathleen's batch; they're going to have whatever's newest on the shelf. Yeah. As opposed to like Kroger Wine and Spirits, that it's just Booker's. It doesn't matter what batch it is; it's just Booker's. They could yeah. have something from yeah. two thousand and you know. And that's 10. One thing I and, and I went to my local local Kroger, and it was just like, "Hey, this is Booker's." Yeah, <laughs> like, but, but but that's kind of how I feel about it too. Is that you know. At that price point, you know, and it's providing all of this experience with it. And I think I've actually given it, because we reviewed um, the uh, front porch batch yeah. on the show before as well. And I think I, we also, like, I think the I Kentucky gave it a four, Chew a little bit, too. Oh, I don't know if we reviewed it. We, but, I don't think we reviewed it, but we, but I'm just we saying, had it. Right, but I'm just saying that, like, you know, at that price point and the quality, I still gave it a four. Yeah. You know? So, like, I, I think that the idea is that Booker's, as a small batch bourbon, is consistently consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I feel yeah. like Booker's is just consistently consistent. I think it is, too. And with, a, with a hint of special. But, you know, once you factor in the age, you factor in the proof, you factor in, you know, the amount of work that has actually gone into establishing it as a product. Yeah. You know, I I think that at $70, there's nothing wrong with that. I it it, it really breaking it down. Yeah. I think it's fine. I, I mean, you know, I like I said, I gave it a 4. I gave it a 4 as well. <laughs> 4 for Kurt? 4. I was okay. very consistent. 4 4 <laughs> 4 and a half 4. All right, so after totaling everything up, I gave it a total of 16.5 out of 20. Curtis gave it a 16.5 out of 20. Yep. And Swan gave it a 15.75 out of 20. So we are all within the same kind of realm of, yeah, yeah you should probably go find this if you can. Yeah. Um, look, there is nothing wrong with this bourbon, other than the fact that, you know, it you, you just, you have to work a little bit harder at times to find what you want to find with it. Yeah. It's not perfect, but this is, I think, the quintessential small batch whiskey. Yeah. Which is... It makes you think. It does. It makes you think, like, ah, yeah. oh, well, maybe, but then, but what happens if, and, you know... <laughs> kind of that kind of that bourbon for me anyway and that brings us to our favorite segment tips and bits where we give you things that you should probably go and check out so guys what do you all have for tips and bits this week so for, for mine i'm gonna give true detective season three so is it better than season two yes okay good One, that's what i wanted to hear 100 percent Mahershala, Mahershala Ali does a great job. Um, yeah, sorry. I didn't pronounce it right. Um, he does a great job at bringing it back to where it was in season one. Good. Um, if you could just forget season two, and that's kind of what I have I have done, is just forgot season two ever happened. And then just essentially this is their reset season. Good. That's um, good to hear. We're only three episodes in. 
but the first season is was on the brink of me saying this is the best TV show season of TV I've ever seen in my entire life with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Right. Yeah. That will always be there. This one's like right next to it. They're That's they're having awesome. a reset season of like this is we're getting back to where we were. It's going to be similar to what you saw in season one. And then hopefully what I'm hoping for is that they're going to progress into season four. Sure. And like kind of expand that. Right. Because season two just, man, <laughs> they really dropped the ball on that. Like Vince Vaughn, really? I, I think the he is so overrated. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Like I've never thought that he is good. I, I, haven't, I haven't either. Um, Sorry, but Vince. the casting on season two maybe Vince is, really is a bad. big bourbon fan. He's well, listening to the not. show. I just but the, I'm sorry. The casting on season two was really bad. The whole season was just really bad. Right. I will forget about it. This season holds up to season one. Good. It's not better or as good right now, but it's but right it holds there. up. But it's right there. So, but before Swan goes, I want to talk about this for a second. Okay. And it was only because I, I just happened to bring it up, but. I really want to get at some point just ultra celebrity somebody on the show. Okay. Who drinks bourbon. That'd be so cool. I mean, just 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 because. Do I mean, you know? not not to do you like, know anyone? No, I don't. Okay. I do. But Matthew McConaughey, apparently. <laughs> I do. Matthew McConaughey, and then also Kaylee Kuko, apparently, is a big bourbon fan. Really? Oh my gosh, yes. I've, yeah. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. She yeah. comes to Kentucky so, regularly, too, yeah. apparently. So if she listens to the show, um, send us an email. This is myburbanshop at gmail.com, and uh, we'll have you on because I think that would be awesome. I know she works with um, Hartfield & Company mm-hmm. out of Paris, and that would be awesome. Yeah, and but, I'm pretty sure she's worn, like, you know, Kentucky for Kentucky and, like, oh, shop, yeah, she and shop local yep. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that'd be really cool. Yeah, sure. That That's just a – I wanted to throw that out. Swan. Mine's kind of a weird recommendation, but sticking with the TV theme, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Did anybody watch that? Oh, I love that yeah. show, dude. Oh, I just it's started so it. so good. Oh, really? Yeah, I the blew through season? all of it. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. You're already new. Okay. Yeah, it was great. I think third season was probably my favorite. I really liked that one. That's when they really found their stride. Yes, because yeah. the first one is like, they're just kind of trying to figure out what they're doing. They have a really strange concept, let's be honest. Yeah. I think it's great. It's a good concept. Honestly, I think it's a great concept. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's fantastic. That whole show is solid. Um, yeah. It's it's one of those classic shows where they take characters, and they it's somebody you know in life cranked up to a level. Yeah, exactly. And every character is exactly. like that. So yeah. it, it, it's just a, it's a fun watch. Stick through the first season, first couple episodes – they're introductory and a little rough, but it's it gets fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So my tips and bits are I, I would say a little bit outdated, but we just started watching The Simpsons all the way through. Okay. Simpsons World on FX? No, uh Hulu TV. Oh, okay. I mean, we we started from episode one. Yeah, same and, year. I mean, we're, Dude, we're this is wild. I have, I, yeah, you've talked about it on the show before too. Yeah. I have enjoyed the crap out of it. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah, I mean, like I know that like the 
again, like the early episodes are a little bit rough and, and everything, but man, it's so good though. Yeah. And it's really good to kind of fall asleep to, and you know, it's not like you have to pay attention to the plot to, mm-hmm. you know, follow up with on the next episode or anything. It's just overall so funny. Oh, and I hate solid. that I'm yeah. this behind on the Simpsons. But yeah, because it's like God, it's so funny. It's on its thirtieth season or exactly. Like, yeah. Come on. The other thing, and I did not know this until after I bought his album, but Mac Miller's birthday was on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I bought his album on Saturday. On, okay. Just without without even which, knowing which swimming. Okay. Without even knowing that that was his birthday or anything. Yeah. Um so Mac Miller, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, was a, a hip hop artist who passed away this this past year. Um, but I've always had this weird kind of like and too soon just and, and oh absolutely yeah. But I've always had this weird like I've not been able to um, express it like inexpressible connection mm. to Mac. But you know, I like I felt really compelled to just buy his album that day it was really weird for me and then my sister i saw the next day had said you know on instagram happy birthday mac and I was yeah like, what what yeah um it's a <coughs> freaking fantastic album though have you listened to uh blue slide park no i've not okay all right all right you need to listen to blue slide park that's what my tips and bits are going to be next time wow so, all right that album good deal Really good. <laughs> That's when I first started listening to Mac Miller. Yeah. Was Blue Side Park. I, I just think that he is. I mean, I know I got into the game way too late. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, un- unfortunately, way too late. But, I mean, he was so talented and did so many things right that, you know, it e- even if he's not able to make that kind of music, somebody else will in his footsteps. So, yeah, that's it. That's all for tips and bits. I know I got a little heavy there at the end. I'm sorry. I apologize for that, but thank you all so much for listening. Where can everybody find you guys on social media? If they would like to do that. I'm on Instagram at the bourbon finder. Um, shoot me a message. If you want help finding stuff, I'll see if I can direct you in the right area, especially in uh, central Kentucky. And, um, Post regularly. Hope to see you there. On Instagram, I am Kurt Khan, and on Twitter, Kurt underscore Khan fifteen. And then, if you want to follow me personally, I am at pritter fourteen ninety two pretty much everywhere. And if you want to follow the show, we are at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Guys, are there any other plugs that you want to throw out before we uh, wrap up the show? Yeah, can I give a shout out to um, the Mash and Drum? Yes, and his stuff, absolutely. He's awesome, man. He, he is, is. He is so informative mm-hmm. on some of his stuff. I had no idea that they were doing the Rutledge Distillery until he mentioned it. And really? Then, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. So there's there's stuff that like even a regular bourbon drinker just flies over my head, and he looks it up, and he puts it out, and he gets good releases, uh, does awesome streams with good giveaways and stuff. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's live every Wednesday night at 9. So if you're looking for he something is. to... Uh, you know, going to on Wednesday night and Thursday night as if you need an excuse to drink bourbon. There you go. And Sunday afternoon. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 
I kind of forgot about this, but I did too. Curtis has uh, his little blend between E.H. Taylor Small Batch and Knob Creek Small Batch, both at a hundred proof. What do you think about the nose there, Kurt? Is it what you were looking for? It really is. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I kid you not. I'm not joking. Like this is exactly what I was kind of looking for. What are we gonna do? What do we do from here on out? I don't know what to do we with this information. We just sit there. Okay, well, taste it joking. too, because that—that's <laughs> the important part here, I think. Like it's exactly what I want. It combines the E. H. Taylor of the sweetness, and then has the Knob Creek of the smoky, the oak. You know the char. That's exactly what I want. I kid you not. I'm not <laughs> making this up. No, I totally believe it. Swan has something to say here. Would you make a candle out of it? <laughs> <laughs> I would most definitely make a candle out. I broke. I broke Perry. <laughs> I broke Perry. All right, we're gonna try it. We're gonna try it. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I will I will say that the on the palate anyway, the knob creek a little bit is the predominant side of the EA Taylor, which makes sense, you know, it's gonna be the more bolder flavors. Um but it's good. It evens it really it does out. Sm- yeah, it evens exactly. it out. Mm-hmm. You wanna Swan? Yeah, I'll get in on this action. Let's go. Yeah, may as well. <laughs> the finish let's go <laughs> i think the finish is where i'm like i want there to yeah. be a little more i think so too but i think the palette is really good yeah yeah it blended really well it did i would like to give it a couple of days the finish too. is the only thing that i'm kind of eh, yeah but everything else is good mm-hmm. yeah the finish is kind of roller coastery yeah it feels like it's like it does back and forth yeah like it doesn't yeah. start out very good but it hits some good notes and then it kind of, yeah, exactly. It swings back and forth mm-hmm. a little bit. but Which I wonder if, as we let it, you know, air out a little bit and kind of blend, if that would do something. That would be a good uh, little small batch blend there. Yeah. So another small batch. Yeah. <laughs> but I would, I mean, I really, that's kind right, of more so, of what I was looking for. So here's what you need to do. You need to buy a bottle of E.H. Taylor Small Batch and then a bottle of Knob Creek Small Batch and just, you know, pour half into one. And then, yeah. And then half into the other. And then yeah, that way you have exactly what you're looking for in a bourbon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, okay. So that about does it for the episode, though. Is there anything else I forgot? Nope. All right. So, so um,. <laughs> Give us a five-star rate and review on iTunes. Uh, That really helps us out in terms of other people finding the show. Uh, If you'd like to become a patron of the show, and please do, you can head to patreon.com slash mybourbonpodcast. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help keep the show going. Every single month, you get bonus content as as much as uh, uh, special live streams and bonus episodes that are coming out. You get to vote on topics for upcoming episodes, which is going to be happening very soon. I promise that. Um, we have a really nice little community that uh, Swan is actually a part of as well. Um, just about every day, there's uh, people talking about new things. So uh, be sure to get in on that. 
Uh, bourbonshop.threadless.com is where you can find all of our apparel and merch. Uh, we have free shipping until the end of the month. You can use the code FREESHIP191. That's, again, FREESHIP191 on orders over $45. Straight to your door from threadless.com slash... Wait, no. Bourbonshop.threadless.com. Screw that up. Sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> free shipping, uh, though. Yeah, again... Uh, <laughs> Link to the tickets for the very first live show again are in the description below. So be sure to go and check that out. That about does it for us. You guys have anything else before we get out of here? No. Okay, great. Well, then we will see you next week. But until then, I'm Perry. I'm Curtis. I'm Swan. And this is my bourbon podcast. Mm-hmm.